subject, but just a couple points, amen, we could point out. I thought, Brother Green, I had no idea what the Sunday school lesson was about, and I thought he was going to get my, get my thought and my sermon, but he stopped one scripture, one scripture shy of that, and I'm like, whew, I worked on this this, this week, but it, it won't seem like it. This is not one that you'd probably want to uh, buy the, uh, the CD, uh, but if you just glean a little bit out of this, it'll help you with your struggle. We all have the struggles, and we, if it'll help you, that's the point. I'm not trying to sell CDs, all right? Not trying to prepare to preach a camp meeting or general conference. I just want to help our people here on the grassroots level. Amen. We're down here where the rubber meets the road. Everyday situations, we encounter them, and if I can help you, amen. You know, last week, uh, a week before last, I think it was right now, I just felt like something went home to us. Uh, if I could go back a couple of weeks, uh, I just felt like, you know, once in a while, you know, we wonder, we, we operate by faith, and the whole nature of that is you don't have concrete evidence. You just feel it in the spirit, and then you just move in that direction, and then your flesh and the enemy, enemy or the devil beats you up about it, from then on, like because there's the possibility that you didn't do the right thing. But I felt after that thought in Revelation where Jesus was addressing the seven churches and he got to Philadelphia and he said, you've got a little strength. That's, that doesn't go over in Pentecost where folks believe in miracles and healing and deliverance. No, no, we, we like to flex our, or at least seemingly flex our spiritual muscles you know, we, we have the gifts of the Spirit in operation and we, you know, we move in the Spirit and God speaks to us in many ways. We, we, we don't like that little thing, but that's, that caught my attention because under all of the facade, that's where we really are. We have a little faith left. When the lights go out and nobody's around and the music is not playing beautifully to make you sound spiritual, when you come right down and use you and God, the truth of the matter is we have a little faith. We have a little bit of faith and we have a little bit of strength. What that means is it's not a lot of strength. And what that means is if we don't have some help from God, then we're not going to make it. But God said, I'm going to do some things for you. Not because you have a lot of strength, because you don't have much strength. And I just felt like, because it's a good excuse for some of us. It's a good excuse. Like, well, I just don't know. I'm weak. And, no, no, no. You're the, you're the prime candidate for God to move on. Because when all this thing gets done and, and it's all said and done, it's not because of your talent and your smarts that he did it. Did it because of his mercy and his goodness and and your little bit of strength that he had left. Matthew chapter three, if you have your Bibles. If not, just look right up here and they just look out after us and take care of us so good. Matthew chapter three, verses 11 and 12. And you got this first part of the verse here, Brother Green, but then the, the second one I wanna preach about a little bit. I indeed baptize you with water. And this is John the Baptist. Jesus said there's none greater than John the Baptist. Well, none greater, but yet he doubted after it's all over and when they put him in jail and about to behead him, he sent his followers back and said, you go ask Jesus. 
Are you the one or do we look for another? Notice Jesus' answer. You know, he never did say, yes, I'm the one. <laughs> no, no, he said, you go back and tell John that the cripple are healed and that all kind of miracles are taking place. In other words, you just, you just look around and you go back and tell him what you see. Hallelujah. Wasn't that amazing? That was his cousin, first cousin in jail. It's for some of you wondering why God won't answer your prayer and, or, or he does answer, but he don't give you what you want. Why didn't Jesus just get John out of jail? Why didn't he just, he just left him there and just sent word back to him. You go tell him all this stuff's happening. But John was smart enough and spiritual enough and knowledgeable enough to know that he's supposed to decrease but he's gonna increase. Praise God. Listen, folks, it's a test here. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, is what he was saying. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. Now he's gonna do something special here. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, here's a part I want us to get. We can just highlight this part. Whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. If I could just believe tonight, get you to believe with me today, rather, that this word of God's gonna reach somebody, it's gonna lodge in somebody's spirit. Otherwise, it'd just be another, you know, meeting. If we don't have the Holy Ghost move here in this, we won't accomplish very much. But if I could just believe God right now, let's just, let's just do it now. Let's just, God, hey amen, we just believe you in the midst of whatever's going on in the hearts and minds and lives of your people. God, you're about to move, Lord, and make a huge difference in the lives of these sweet, precious, struggling people. Amen. Let them know who you are, God, in Jesus' name, through the preached word of the Lord. And everybody said amen. Bless you. Be seated. Now, I'll try not to keep you long today, uh, but I just want to get a couple points out. This is, this is the thing that will help you. How can they hear without a preacher? How can he preach lest he be sent? I do have a call on my life and I still struggle with this preaching thing here. Amen. So if you'll just believe with me and help me here. This, this scripture is another of the many that foretells of the great outpouring of God's spirit. I just can't get all, I'm, I'm just gonna preach that folks. The, the, the outpouring and the infilling of the spirit of the Lord just wasn't just something nice to do. It was just, wasn't just something that happened and like, ooh, isn't that wonderful? No, this, is, this was the beginning of something. In fact, it started hundreds of years back in the Old Testament. Isaiah 28, I believe it was, or whatever, Isaiah, I need to go back to Bible school or something. Amen. He talked about here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips, in other words, we're building on this thing. Stammering lips and another tongue. Well, I speak to this people. And it never happened yet. Nobody spoke in tongues back in the Old Testament. And he said, he prophesied about it happening. And he said, this is the rest. This, this world needs a rest. 
this is the this is the refreshing he said so he was prophesying about an outpouring of the spirit of the lord hundreds of years later down the way and they were going to speak in tongues and stammering lips and folks were going to think they were drunk and all kind of things it started you know and then joel prophesied he said amen this is that amen or, or peter used that he said joel talked about it in the last days i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh now he didn't say they talked in tongues but that's what they were doing right then so obviously joel saw that in the spirit that's the result and that's what happens when people have the spirit and i love that word poured out didn't say they sprinkled It was poured out on them. I kind of felt an outpouring right here today. Amen. On some of us. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is a a prophecy by John the Baptist about I'm baptizing with water, but there's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. And so he's foretelling of this date that's coming. Other translations on this second verse right here that I want to focus on a little bit, whose fan is in his hand, thoroughly purge his floor. Now the King James doesn't say anything but a floor, he just says floor. But 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 other translations render it his floor. Amen. This his floor as his threshing floor. Now I want to put that together. Amen. In other words, could it be possible that the church itself is, is, is a threshing floor. Now I know, this. I'm the first guy to tell you that I'm gonna preach about your comfort. I want you to have peace in your life. I want things to go for you. I'm a pastor, I'm a shepherd. And so I, I, I want things to be well, in fact, too much sometimes. But, but it seems to me like this outpouring that's coming at church is gonna be a shaking and a stirring and a dividing and a separation, all right? Just stick with me on that. I'm gonna give you a few more scriptures here. Amen. He called it his threshing floor in some translation. The Jews believed that God gave the law of Moses on the day of Pentecost. All right? When the Jews journeyed to Zion at Pentecost, they celebrated Moses' pilgrimage to Sinai to get the law. Listen, folks, this all comes together. Ezekiel, another prophet, prophesied what would happen when the Holy Spirit would be poured out. Ezekiel 36, verse 27, verse 26 and 27. Watch this. Something supernatural takes place, all right? Something spiritual, something deep takes place. The nature of an individual is changed. That's why Paul said, those things I used to hate, now I love. That's a total Turn around. You know, people that are struggling with, well, I can't give up this. I don't want to give up that. Not a, listen, you need a renewing of your whole person. And that's why he said that he had become a brand new or a new creation in Christ Jesus. He comes in and remakes us. By the way, let me just throw this in. Every standard of godliness and holiness and separation from the world that the scripture teaches that we justify and struggle with and battle because we don't want to pay anything. We like the grace plus nothing message, you know, equal salvation. That's what we like because we don't want to pay anything. But the truth is, listen, it's, this salvation is free, but it ain't cheap. 
Maybe just put it that way. But, but we have to give ourselves over to God and then, then the change takes place in here. And then, you know, then those things that you used to love that you just struggled to hold on to, you don't like that anymore anyway. I'm glad to get it. That's like that old song. I choose to be a Christian. I choose to be like him. Nobody's making me do it. This is how I want to live. It's my choice. This is not a cult or something. I, I talk about it. Y'all hear me. I apologize if you've heard this story again. But, but a, a, a little kid, 11 years old, walked into an apostolic, holy roller, holiness church. My parents were backsliders. And, and I already had a taste, even at that age, I'd already had a taste of the world and sin. And I'd heard language that was not fit for anybody, much less a child. When I walked in that old Holy Ghost church, there was something that I can't explain. It was not my mind, but there was something deep within me that liked what I felt and liked what I saw. There was a clean, pure holiness atmosphere and people shouted and they praised and they talked in tongues. Now I didn't get the Holy Ghost for a few months later but there was, wouldn't leave me alone. This wouldn't get leave me and so I began, I didn't know it but I began to move in that direction but it was a choice because something in my spirit recognized what this was about even though I couldn't put it in words. Amen, but Ezekiel said a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And he's prophesying about the Holy Spirit. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Listen, we're living in a society that tries to tell you all the things that you don't have to do. I don't know where they get that scripture, Sister Kim. They just pull it out of the air. I'm a Bible person. I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm still a student, all right? But I'm a Bible person. And so when people just say, oh, you don't have to do it. It's amazing that people, oh, just, I say, where is that at in the Bible? Listen, I don't need to hire and pay tithes and pay a preacher to tell me what I don't have to do. <laughs> My flesh does a good enough job of that, Sister Sidak. Oh, you know, listen, my, my flesh knows how to make excuses and, and justify every case. Listen, you can do anything you want to do and your, your flesh will justify it. Oh, that's okay, you can do that, God. Listen, we've sung the old nobody's perfect song. Well, I think we're on verse 5,000. Oh, nobody's perfect. Hey, we know that, but we don't use that to justify doing whatever we want to do that's against God's word. I think, I'm, I think I'm right here. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm as human as the next person. I'm as fleshly as the next person. I'm apt to sin just like anybody else. So you can't give this flesh a lot of slack. I don't want to give myself a bunch of options because guess what? I'll take them. Just read this word here. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You'll go by my rules. That's what Jesus will say, God will say in here. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Now, in, in, in John the Baptist's prophecy here of the spirit being poured out, he linked the promised outpouring 
with the wheat harvest. Now with the wheat harvest comes some other things, okay? Like threshing floors. That's where he talked about the fan is in his hand, all right? Remember, Pentecost was a celebration of harvests. That's what it was about. That's what it was going on and all of them had come together to celebrate the harvest, amen, and that's when, you know, that was Pentecost. That's just, it, Pentecost just means 50, 50 days after the resurrection, all right? And so God chose that. 50 days after the law was, you know, or, or you know, when the law was given after the, you know, getting out of the, the, the promise, out of the bondage and stuff here. So, you know, they were celebrating a bunch of things, but it all come together right here. Amen. Someone said the church is nothing less than Christ's threshing floor. Now, if you ever studied the threshing floor, it's just not a good, it doesn't seem like a good place. And I was gonna say a while ago, I'm, in, I'm an encourager, I'm a pastor, I want you to do well, but, but let me tell you, when this word goes forth, something, you know, that's why the enemy wants to keep folks out of church. And if you're sick, let me tell you something, we're gonna be as patient with you and say, you just, you know, you, you know if you gotta work, if you gotta be, but, but you still miss it. Well, I was sick, but you still missed it. You can't get it back. And people who are not here today, guess what? Something supernatural and powerful took place all over this place today, and folks missed it. Well, I mean, uh, uh, go on and justify that if you want. It's okay. That's between you and God. But I'm just telling you, amen, we're missing too much stuff going on that God wants to do for us. Amen. No, but I want to bring out, I'm going to try to keep this as simple as I can. I think I should point out that, that Jesus owned, I'm pretty sure no possessions or almost no possessions. He did not own a home. You know, he didn't, he, he didn't own a donkey. He borrowed one of those. He didn't even own a tomb. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Yet notice in Matthew 3 and 12, watch what he says here in part of our text, whose fan is in his hand. And watch this. He will thoroughly purge, and watch how he brings this out, his floor and gather, watch this here again, his wheat into the garner. So it was his floor, it was his wheat. (laughs) Hallelujah, amen. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John described the church that Jesus bought and paid for as being his threshing floor. I think think it's pretty easy for him. I'm not trying to add anything Please help me here. I'm not trying to take away or add anything. I, I, I just want to, I feel like this is, can be done uh, as in type at least, amen, when we come to church. reason I'm bringing this out is simply this, because some people come to church with the whole idea that, uh, now you get encouraged, you get blessed and you get healed, but, but, but there's sometimes it's just a place of just, you know, just other things happening here. And people are then people are disappointed. No, no. Listen, you have to face truth. And I've always said this: God's truth will confront you. It will stand right in your face. It'll change you too if you let it. It, it, It's not a strange thing either, and I don't think it's uh, coincidental that Solomon's temple later was built on the very spot 
of Arnon's threshing floor. You know, that's the threshing floor that David refuted. Now listen, we enter this free stuff and nothing don't cost you anything, it's all free. And I understand, I do believe that. I'm a grace person. I do believe it's free. I'm certainly not trying to twist the scripture, all right? But, but notice these types. Notice these types in here. Amen. You know, David refused. Arnon wanted to give him that. I mean, you're the king. I'm giving you this, this threshing floor. And David said, hey, I, I won't offer sacrifices, you know, that cost me nothing. In other words, David volunteered to pay, and that is exactly what he did. He paid for this floor, and later the temple was built right on that very spot. Watch this, 1 Chronicles 21 and, and 24. And King David said to Arnon, Nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price, for I will not take that which is thine of the Lord uh, for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just pay the price. Hallelujah. Listen, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, it just kind of makes me sick to watch somebody take that basketball and from way, way out there somewhere just go whoop and it's just nothing but net. You think, I know there's a lot of natural talent. I understand that tall guys, big guys, you know, they, you know, I know there's some natural talent involved. Let me tell you something. They've shot a many a time and missed. But you know what they did? They just kept shooting and kept shooting and kept, listen, Christianity, at least basically it's the same thing. Oh, I came to church, you know, and this, you know, I just couldn't, do, you know, keep trying. You know, Paul said, I'll press toward the mark, the prize, the high calling in Christ Jesus. You, there's some pressing, there's some going on. There's putting, there, there's putting one foot ahead of the other. It's getting up, not feeling like going to church, but getting up anyway. I, I, I said it the other day, my grandson missed school here a, a week or two back. And I'm, uh, and, and I'm like, well, son, let me ask you this. Was you sick? Because they said he was sick. And of course, he was up, you know, in the refrigerator, you know, got the vacuum cleaner on, you know, sucking everything. You know, it's like a, I think I'll nickname him Hoover. <laughs> you know, just, we want him to eat, you know. <laughs> was you, were, were you sick or was you just feeling bad? And he, and he just kind of, I think he said, I feel bad. I just felt bad. And so I explained the difference, Brother J.D. I said, I said, Jack, let me tell you something. You feel bad? I said, let me just tell you a little secret. Everybody feels bad at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Is that true or what? You, you, can't, you can't not go to work or school because you feel bad. There ain't nobody feels good when they first wake up at that time in the morning. You just have to have something that's pressing you a little bit more. Like, I gotta do this. Why? Because God's got a purpose for me and he's got a calling on my life and I gotta bless somebody. I gotta get out of here. You know, I mean, in my notes, but let me just tell you, maybe help our young people a little bit here. I knew students that went to school with us. They wasn't that smart. But somehow along the way, their parents or somebody taught them good work ethics. They would get up in the morning and go to work. And they turned out well. 
they ended having, end up having a good living and, you know, a good family. But, you know, I knew them. I went to school. They, they wasn't that smart. They weren't just bright, bright students. But they, had a, they, they would get up and, and, and put their hand to things. And listen, let me tell you, 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 you can use all kinds of excuses. Well, I just don't have this. I don't have a, they didn't give me a scholarship. And, you know, this is get up. And that's how you become a good Christian. Listen, I'd rather have somebody with much less talent that's loyal and faithful. What will good talent do if they ain't here? They're not connect, they won't connect up. There's an independent attitude, an independent spirit. I'll just do this myself and I'll just get myself, you know, I'll just listen to the TV preacher. Listen, listen, when you get sick, call Jimmy Swagger and see if he'll come pray for you. See how long you'll have to wait. <laughs> no, you need a local church. You need a local pastor. Hallelujah. Amen. Be a part of that. Hallelujah. Listen, there are two places of labor. The field, and then you have the threshing floor. Jesus taught that the work of the field is to plant the seed. We sow, we water, uh, we reap, hopefully. Uh, what that means is we, uh, Brother Thompson, we witness, we testify, we pray, we invite, we help, we teach, and the list goes on and on. Amen. We teach people the power of faith in God. Amen. That's what we do. That's our labor. That's our work. We tell people how they can respond to the gospel through repentance and being baptized and being filled with the Spirit. Amen. That's the work of the field. And we've been doing some of that, thank, and I already said it, but thank God for the outreach team that shows up and helps Brother Thompson and helps the church. And that's how you make a church grow. Amen. But the threshing floor is a whole different horse of a different animal. <laughs> Did I say that in French? <laughs> Amen. It, it, it's it's uh, at the threshing floor, It's it, the work is more exact and... and uh, when the grain is, is crushed and broken and uh, broken apart from the stalks and the husk and the, it, it, that entrails it. Listen, when you look out at a wheat field, you know, I say, what is that out there? You know, my wife was raised on a farm and, and my, my dad was a farmer, you know, and then we were always, that's, you know, when we came from, it was out in the country and it was, they didn't have Walmarts and they didn't have Burger Kings or McDonald's, you know. If you had a job, it was hauling hay, chopping cotton. It, it was farm work. Then you look out on a field and you say, what is that? That's wheat. Well, let me tell you what else is out there. There's a lot of stuff out in that field that's not wheat. Basically, Brother, Brother Johnson, where that wheat is going is to make bread. Now, you don't want a lot of the stuff that's out in that field, Brother J.D., in your bread. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, you're biting a piece of bread and you get a big piece of stalk in there or a leaf or dirt. Have you ever been on a farm, see the dust and the dirt? and You don't want all that in your bread. <laughs> and some work has to go on to get a lot of that stuff separated and you get to just down to the wheat where you can grind it up to powder. Amen. And then you can, you know, move into the, the process of, of making bread. Uh, the seed is separated or this... this Wheat is separated from the chaff. The future is his church. I remember, keep in type only, at least in type, amen, the threshing floor. 
Amen. The future is separated from the past. We sung the song, I'm never going back. I'm never going back. What's happening? I've been to church. Somebody's been preaching to me. I've been seeing it in action. I some of, some of y'all back here. That's the threshing floor. And Brother Green, there's no telling, and we've said it before, no telling how many people come in our church that don't understand it. They stuck in tradition, and they get in there, and they think, man, we're gonna offer somebody up at any moment now. And they, people that's in church that has the Holy Ghost, amen, they'll say, man, I remember the first Pentecostal service I ever went to. I, I was scared out of my wits. I thought they were all nuts. I couldn't wait to get out of there. said I would never come back. They were, they, you know, they just, somebody told them it was crazy and unnecessary and wild and, you know, and it is, it is, amen. But we need an understanding of what the church is. Still people that come and they get miffed and they get the feelings heard and, and say, well, you know, no, no, God just confronted you. And y'all know, y'all know, I preach this all the time. I've been doing this for years. I need to, I need to get a study on this and actually just say, we use the word Christian. It's just a nice sounding word. A Christian, that means Christ-like. But a better word for what we really are is a slave. I'm telling you, I know there's been slavery in this country which was ugly and horrible and bad and I'm not preaching that. But, but, but the truth is a better, a more appropriate word for a follower of Christ. Paul said it this way. He went, I recognize what a slave, the definition of it is. I understand that and we do too. We just don't want to call it that because it's just really nice to say, oh, I'm a Christian. But Paul said, I've been bought with a price. Who got, Christians don't get bought. No, no, slaves do. And many other scriptures. But see, we don't like that feeling. We like to feel like we're in control and we're in charge and nobody's telling me what to do. And there's those options again. Man, if that preacher don't act right and preach right and speak to me and be nice to me, and if he don't cut that message pretty short, I have options. I never felt like I, that's probably why I'm still here. I never felt like I had options. I never felt like if I did walk out of the church that there was anybody's fault but mine. Hallelujah. And I don't know if anybody taught me that or the Holy Ghost did or what, but I never gave myself an option to be mad at Christians and, and uh, like I'm done with them. I, people do that, you know, so that's part of the process. Listen, when you decide, when you decide to take that hill in the military, a good army leader or a military leader, he knows there's going to be casualties. You don't want that. That's not what you plan on, but he knows it's going to be. So you build a church that's not like every other church up and down the road. Look, we got to be nice, and y'all know I preach this. You can't be a Christian and not be nice and friendly. But it's deeper than that. Listen, there's some folks, if they can just find a preacher, just be nice to them. I mean, that's where I'm going. You could, it don't matter where it is. It don't matter what they preach. It don't matter what they teach. It doesn't matter if anybody's never received the Holy Ghost there and they'll never baptize it. don't matter if they just, oh, it's a, just a night. It's a good, yeah, really? Well, the word of the Lord can confront us with that. I, I've, I've got to be in a, a church that worships God. I have to be, I can't settle for just any place. I've got to be in a Bible-believing church, a church that believes in miracles, and don't just believe in it, but preaches it and practices it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Listen, when that oxen pulls that weight or that cart with the wide wheels or whatever they, they actually it's a rock floor and it's set in a high place where the wind is blowing or a breeze is blowing and it crushes all of that husk and all of that apart from that seed. Amen. He's pulling that weight across that threshing floor. The, the oxen represents the worker, the preacher, the burden bearer. Amen. The word is preached and the pressure begins to build. Choices must be made. Amen. There is the, that's the power of the preached word. And when the word of God is preached, a crushing and a loosening takes place. Listen, I can't say this enough. Listen, people who just can't get here and can't get can't be faithful and can't you know, I, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to spank anybody or I'm just trying to make you aware of of, of the power of church and the word going forth. And it goes and it should go forth with authority. We don't need weak preachers. Like Brother Tenney used to say, we don't need sermonettes. He said, sermonettes produce Christianettes. We need Christians. We need men. I'm feeling, I love what I felt, these men right here. Amen. Falling on their, on their knees and their faces before the Lord. Amen. Brother John, keep that up. Amen. Amen. Brother Jerry, keep that up. Amen. Run the aisle when nobody's running the aisle. Shout and give praise when nobody's shouting and giving praise. Hallelujah. And you got another one. You got Jason coming along right here. This is no time, men, to be, to be proud of ourselves. We've done nothing to be proud of. So we need to come to church, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and onto his courts with praise. Oh, it, it, never, said, it, never, said, it never said if there's a, oh, if there's a spirit, really the right spirit and the music hits the right, no. It just said that's what you do. Brother Green, and you're talking about old times. I remember, I remember that little Myers man and many, many years later, you know, my, my parents had prayed through in that spot right around there somewhere in a, in a brush arbor with a sawdust floor. Now, years later, a whole other generation, I come along, they had a nice church building there, but I remember this is one of the things that stirred me up. And I, I, I remember it, so it must have been one of the things that stirred me up. They would pull up in those old cars They'd pull up in the parking lot, gravel and grass and pull up in the parking lot. And I would, it scared me a couple times. I'd hear somebody squeal. Woo! They they got out of the car shouting. Hallelujah. Sister Hyann, you like that. (laughs) They got out of the car. I could hear them squeal and they would run. You You know what? It's amazing how people, listen, church does something else. We rub up against each other's personality in the church. Nowhere else you learn how to work with people. Uh, Sister Debbie makes a statement. You need to learn how to work within the structure of the church. But you have people come in, they got good ideas. I mean, we want everybody's ideas. That's good. One guy used to come in, he said, well, back when we used to go to church, I never would say it, but there's something inside of me would, say, would just rise up. I don't care what you did at that other church. This is how we do it. I didn't say that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Learn how to work in to the structure. Hey, we got a good structure here. Not perfect, but there's not they don't they don't there's not one available anywhere that's perfect. 
but learn how to move in there and work with other people. And sometimes that's a pretty good chore. You know, I don't want to be like the missionary that he was preaching in some language, you know, forget how to interpreter. And he said, in God's church, there's no, no big eyes and little U's. Well, the interpreter, you know, languages are funny. And the interpreter interpreted, interpreted said, in the church, there's no, no, nobody with big eyes and little ears. <laughs> now, there's none of that in the church. <laughs> Y'all know Brother Gordon Mallory, he's a clown anyway and funny. You know, I didn't realize he was smart for years. He'd been my friend and buddy for years. But, but he was preaching many, many years ago in Japan and had a little Japanese guy just, to, just to rattling away and he was preaching up a storm. He didn't know the little guy was having trouble keeping up because he couldn't speak Japanese. He was just preaching and the guy was telling him something. And finally the little guy got frustrated and said, I quit. <laughs> right, what do I do now? You know, how, how can I preach? I quit. <laughs> Hope that don't happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just threw that in. That has nothing to do with my sermon here. No zero. Just popped in my goofy brain here. Hallelujah. So, so when the preaching goes forth, there's old husks of traditions and routines. That all, that all has to be broken up and swept away. Old stalks of past regrets, hurtful memories and shortcomings are stripped from us while the preached word of the Lord is going on. Someone once asked St. Patrick, which was best, to pray at home or to worship at church? He responded, the latter, of course, because without it, we will soon stop doing the former. <laughs> I hope you do pray when you're at home, but it can't take the place of praying at church with the saints of God. Hallelujah. Amen. He's right about that. If we stayed home, we couldn't really learn to love one another. We couldn't learn to find relief from old shells of unforgiveness and spirits and hurt feelings and wounded pride. We can't be childish and say, I'm just gonna take my marbles and go home. Just face those situations and work those things out. Listen, we must gather together and hear God's word preached. And I'm not gonna be much longer if y'all are worried about that. Amen. When that happens, hurtful things from the past are loosened from us when we get to the, to the church where the word is going for. Let me tell you, folks, the word is powerful. I've confessed it already. I'm not very powerful. But, but, but I'm dealing with something and preaching something that is powerful. And so if we will take this in, amen. And by the way, by the way, my title is the work of the wind. And, and, and so that's, you know, that's got to be the Holy Spirit of God. Amen, amen. When, the, when Pentecost came, the disciples heard, guess what? It, listen, you know what? There's nothing in the scripture that's just there to take up space. Every word, no matter what people say, amen, it is there for a reason and we need to pay attention to it, all right? And that's what we're doing today, amen. They heard that rushing mighty wind. The wind would drive away the chaff on that threshing floor. Listen, we need a holy, we desperately need a Holy Ghost wind, amen. You, you can't make that option. Oh, it'd be nice if thought, no, 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 no. We've gotta have a move of the Holy Ghost. Oh, they had a move of the, no, we gotta have one here. 
Hallelujah. The grain would fall back to the floor. Amen. The destiny of the, sh- of the chaff was the fire of destruction and the destiny of the grain was the barn. Amen. Only the wind can accomplish this task. I can't preach good enough. I can't, I, I can't put it together. Amen. In a nice enough path. Listen, I have to have the Holy Spirit. And when we stop making that optional in Christianity, then we're gonna have a revival in this world, in this country, amen. But we've, 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 uh, we've allowed those options. Oh, right, you do you have to think you have to do all? No, that's what I wanna do. That's what's gonna change things and situations, amen. As the preacher preaches, the wind begins to blow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember Ezekiel 37, when the prophet preached, the wind began to blow. Amen. That which was dead came to life. Amen. For one reason, preaching. That's what he said, preaching. I say it all the time. Listen, just obedience. The prophet said to obey is better than sacrifice. I was talking about that baptism. This is not a baptismal tank, it's just plain water. We're just playing guys that's been filled with the Spirit. But something supernatural takes place and it comes from God when a person decides to obey and submit to the word of the Lord that tells us over and over that we have to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. I hear whole sermons. I hear scholars, so-called, preaching that you don't have to do any of that. I don't know where they got that at. You know, I don't find any scripture zero. But, but again, tradition, you know, does that to us. But be, when we submit and when we obey, then things happen in the spirit world. Hallelujah. Amen. A weatherman in Los Angeles years ago was asked if the prevailing winds would clear the haze from the city. He replied that they would not, but he said it would take a wind from elsewhere. And that's what the Holy Ghost is. It's a wind from elsewhere that blows into this place right in the middle of our situations that we have failed in and we just can't cope with it and can't handle it. That wind from elsewhere comes into this place and things begin to take place. Sister Valerie, cancer can't stay. It has no choice. Oh, we hope that, no, 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 no. I I rebuke that cancer in the name of Jesus. And it has to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Guadalupe, that baby that the doctors, the wise doctors said, you gotta abort that baby because you and the baby can die. Amen. But this church, I'm not taking credit. Amen. This church went to bat and got to praying and got to weeping. All she did was just come up here. Amen. She had pictures of that little tubal pregnancy and there's nothing else you can do. Hey, and we talked about it. We went to medical people. I called. I made several phone calls. Is there a possibility that that baby could just move? And every single one of them. In fact, I talked to Sister Kim, amen, a medical person. There's no way. When it, once, that, once it gets attached in there in that wrong place, the doctor was doing, and I qualified the doctor. He's a good doctor, but he was going. Listen, if, if, if you want to go by what science teaches, you can get what science will give you. 
But if you want to go by what Jesus teaches, you can get what Jesus teaches you. Hallelujah. We, we got a big healthy boy back there. You, you, you want to move the mountain? Hallelujah. You, you just, in other words, you refuse. Here's what you, let me give you, I'm, I'm gonna be your bishop right now. You refuse to go to a dead church. You refuse to listen to a preacher who has no power and no authority. Amen. You refuse to go where the Holy Ghost is not working. That's okay. Hallelujah. And, and, and get hungry for God. If God, you're an awesome God. Amen. Heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. Amen. To be in a place where there's just a couple of goosebumps, I'm not satisfied. I have, I'm happy for goosebumps, but, but there's more than goosebumps. There's miracles that God wants to give. He wants to give it to you. And it comes with the preached word of the Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I feel a miracle power working right now. It'll work. It'll work every time. By faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. With the sickness, we curse the infirmity. We curse the disease by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why not, why not, why not use that? Somebody said, well, it may not happen. Well, it might. <laughs> What if, it, what if you pray for somebody and call them out and pray and curse cancer? What if it doesn't happen? What if it does happen? We need to start speaking, folks. We need to start saying it. I take authority over every drug. I take authority over alcohol. I take authority of all the things that goes with that, like depression and worry and child abuse and loss of employment and on and on and on the list goes. I take authority over that. I protect this church with a covering, amen, with the preached word of the Lord. You are the children of God. You have power in you. I release that right now. Hallelujah. I feel a revival breaking out in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm about done. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Come on. Let's clap our hands to him. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I've been going too long, but hey, you know what? Hey, we, 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 we're going to be all right. All right. I'm going to let you go here shortly. Amen. You know, I've just kind of, it's how I put this together right here. I've always preached, you got to have three things to, to have a church. Three, three things. There's a lot more than that that goes off on that, but three things. You have to have prayer. He said, my house should be called a house of prayer. You have to have praise and worship. All right. Hallelujah. That's part of it. And he, it's just the, the, the Bible's just full of prayer. I don't see an option with that. I don't see an option with prayer. I, I, I don't see an option. You just got to, that's what you do. All right. And then you have the word, the preached word. Somebody said nothing's better than the word but one thing, and that's the preached word. You get those three things, you can have a church. In other words, don't, 
in other words, we're, we're adamant about it. And, you know, we're going to, guess what? We're going to just keep pushing until we have praise. Until it's spontaneous. Like, we're going we're gonna to have some shouting and some praising and some hand lifting. We, we have the, the whole Bible to back us up with that. Shout with the voice of triumph. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Praise him in the dance. Says it. Says it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but here, here, with that, with that in mind, uh, I'm just expecting some things to break loose. Stuff that's just, just kind of you've, you've wrestled with it so long, it's just become your buddy and your friend. Like, well, you know, there used to be an old song called "Trouble in Me." Trouble in me. We're old buddies, you see. It was some kind of an old worldly song, but it was a guy just always in trouble until finally he just made buddies with his trouble. He's always with me. Well, you don't have to do that. Don't get comfortable. Don't make trouble your bed partner. Amen. But I, I just kind of put it together like this. I, I, maybe I should just memorize it, but I just, the word loosens the chaff. Now, you know that process, they would grind it and run over it and, you know, put weights on it and drags across. But the next step was to throw it in the wind and that breeze would, the wind, the wind, the work of the wind. It would take all that unnecessary stuff and blow it away. All right? Amen. So the word loosens the chaff. The wind lifts the chaff. Hallelujah. And his wind carries the chaff into the fire or to someplace else. Amen. So there's the word. There's worship. How You got to have that. Hallelujah. And of course, hopefully we've had it seasoned with prayer. And, and, here's, and here's the thing I'm going to close with. Just, just a couple words here. It's a shame that good Christians who love God, continue to carry heavy loads of guilt, shame, fear, you name it. And it's very common for Christians to not trust one another. I mean, we expect the worst from people. We, why? Because we've been hurt before. Well, join the crowd. Hallelujah. I promise us, when we inspect a person's life close enough, we will discover always, you'll always discover that they are human. Hallelujah. We cannot make very much progress until we learn to trust who God uses in our lives. You know, we, we just, you know, we put people at a distance. They're, they're our hero preachers. And I, I think our preachers are enjoying that. I'm scared of that. Oh, he's a great, oh, he's a man. Let me just tell you a little secret about it. And I, I gotta be careful when I say something about ministers and preachers because I respect them, all right? Let me just tell you about your hero preacher. He is a human. He thinks improper thoughts. He does things wrong and says things. You know, if the apostle, I struggle with this. If the apostle Paul, I, you know, I reason around this because he was powerful. He was smart. But he said, when I would do good, evil is always there present with me. He was honest. As a lot of us won't do it. I can't forget. I'm right on somebody's street right now. I'm trying to stop. I, I, you know, and because we're from the, the Bible Belt where fresh air was wrong. I mean, preacher, he ain't preached until he done hammered everybody into a guilt trip. And so we had a, we had Chad that just, 
prayed back through and we were all over at the house with some folks from down in the south and I won't tell you what state it was but down in there and so they were just sweet nice people and Chad brought up some movie that he watched remember that Chad and he was just like oh y'all see this movie and everybody got quiet (laughs) nice sweet holy people godly people And so I was just instructing Chad. I said, you know, these, are, these people, you know, they don't have a TV in their house and they don't, have a, they don't watch a movie or anything like that. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not promoting that. It's not a bad thing at all. But I'm like, I'm, I'm telling that in front of uh, Dusty Frierson and his wife. And they used to, you know, sweet people. And I said, uh, and I said, Chad, you can't, just don't even bring up movies. Just don't even bring that up. That's Hollywood, and that's opposed to God. And, and, and they, they have a right to preach that, and, and, and so it's a, that can be a good thing. And, and, and Sister, Sister Frierson spoke up, you know, and I said, you just don't even bring it up. She said, oh, oh, they watch. They just don't talk about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to, listen, people are human. I'm not judging them for that. That's how they've been, if somebody found out that they watched, they'd get hammered. I'm not your police officer. I'm not coming to your house looking for something you're doing wrong where I can find a new sermon. I don't know what I'm doing. There's enough, there's enough word of God in that book right there that we can preach without getting on to your case. You done been beat up enough out there already. When you get here, you need a little peace. And I've been on your case a little bit. Amen. You need a little encouragement here. I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to help you if I can. I got more notes, but I'm stopping. All right. Y'all okay? Y'all okay with that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. I want to ask you. I want to ask a question. Amen. Did, did anybody in the house lay claim, amen, to your blessing, amen, and your healing? Did anybody, and you're just going to take that. Not, you're not going to lose that when the music stops playing or when you walk out. Anybody just going to hold on to that? Amen. I'm encouraging you to do it. I want my healing. I want my blessing. I want a renewing in my spirit. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Let me just plant a little, let me plant a little seed before we go right here. Amen. When they asked Peter, when that Holy Ghost and the wind was blowing at first, you know, you had those three types of people. You had the mockers, you had the middle ground people amazing doubt. You'll still have that today. Then you had those that were pricked in their hearts. They asked the question, men and brethren, what must we do? What shall we do? Listen, the question has never changed, okay? And so the man with the keys told them what to do. Repent, Acts, second chapter, verse 38. Repent and be baptized. Notice how he said it. Every one of you. And he told them how? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he told them why? For the remission of sins. And he told them what would happen next. And you shall, didn't say you might, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the purest message, purest form of the message of the gospel in the New Testament. Why? It was the first message preached. The message wasn't in Matthew, wasn't in Mark, wasn't in Luke, wasn't in John. Wonderful, wonderful stories of Jesus Christ. But Jesus had been crucified, had been resurrected, came back and talked to a few people when they were like wondering, what do we do next? Go to Jerusalem and wait for that wind. Hallelujah. You t-
tarry or wait there till you be endued with power from on high. Hey, I'm sick of a powerless church. I'm sick of powerless Christians. There's the, the remedy for that is the obedience of Acts chapter two and they were filled with the spirit of God. Amen. Kind of like being overshadowed by it, Brother Green. Amen. So I said all that to say this. If you've never been baptized in water, if you've never had the name of Jesus, listen, not being critical, not being critical, please don't take it this way. But when you go down and somebody says in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, that's no name. That's titles. That is the title of the Lord. That's, a, that's just a title, okay? So, so that was invented by the Catholic Church. Amen. And so everybody took that, traditional, and they took that, except us. We're the hard heads. You know, we said, no, no, that's not a name at all. That's titles, but that's the tradition. But if you've never been baptized with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ called over you, you pull somebody's coattail, see me later, but we'll set a date. We'll set a time like next Sunday. But you know, we do it like right now. That's what the Ethiopian eunuch did. When Philip was preaching to him, he must have been preaching about baptism because the Ethiopian said, here's water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And so they stopped the chariot. They both went down into the water and he baptized him. Hallelujah. We will provide that for you. And I always like to throw that out. So you need to have your sins remitted. That's the only way I know you can do that. We'll do that for you. Amen. Just let us know. We'll do it after church or do it right now if anybody wants to do it. But I want to give you time to think about it because when you get in there, Amen. You'll know you're doing the right thing. It won't be because you're coerced into doing it. Amen. It is part of the scripture, part of the plan of salvation. God bless y'all. I preached too long, but I'm not going to apologize. I'm just saying, well, maybe I'll do better next time. Love every one of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, great spirit in this house. Just a great spirit. Amen. We're going to let you be dismissed. Y'all can sing a while if you want. I don't care. Amen. Shake hands and be friendly with somebody. Amen. Tell them how much you appreciate them. Hallelujah. Jesus name. your name sing louder let this place erupt with praise we hear it the sound of heaven touching earth the sound of heaven touching earth